This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. What's up, guys? As always, I am Dee, and this is The WOMED. I am so looking forward to this episode. This week, I am speaking with Lexi Robillard. She is a nurse in the PICU, made the jump to transport nursing, and is a self-proclaimed night shift zombie. And I gotta admit, I feel that title personally. In my 12 years as a bedside nurse, I only worked three months on day shift, and that was enough for me, and that was only in a travel position. No offense to the day shift nurses, but hail to the night shift zombies. I have always been super intrigued and in awe of transport nurses. They're honestly like real life superheroes because they're right in the thick of it. And speaking of superheroes, we get into some heavy stuff as that is just a fact of things that we have to deal with in this profession. But it's important to talk about because we can only shoulder that for so long. I'm really excited for this episode, guys. I hope you enjoy it. All right, it is time for the Nurse D Energy. Today's Nurse D Energy moment comes from Brienne, and it's pretty beautiful. She wrote in to tell me, I had a patient multiple times who was always very quiet, never talked much. He had terrible wounds on his bottom that required hour-long dressing changes that were extremely painful. One day, he asked me to play some country music. As soon as I turned on his favorite artist... He started singing through the pain. By the end of the dressing change, I heard his life story and all of his struggles. I felt so humbled and powerful in that moment because such a small task, like turning on his favorite music, helped him get through the dressing change. He opened up to me and we made a really strong connection. Something so small can completely turn a patient around and lift up their spirits. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing this story, Brianne. Nursing is all about the little things, and that's what patients remember. So thank you. You get the Nurse D Energy shout-out for the week. And don't forget to keep DMing me. I want to keep sharing all of your awesome stories. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the WOMED. Today, I'm speaking with my good friend, Lexi Robillard. She is a PICU nurse and transport nurse extraordinaire. Welcome, (laughs) Lexi. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for having me, Dee. Oh my God. Thank you for bearing with me and all the technical difficulties. Oh no, no. It's literally like technical difficulties. It's like the story of my life. I am like the technology black cloud. Uh, Yeah, me too. Case in point. Um, Could not hit the record button. (laughs) Wouldn't let me do that, but we are recording now. We are in business. So Lexi, let's dig in. Um, how long have you been at the bedside? Let's see, bedside, um, oh my God, it's been six years now. Um, I graduated uh, with my bachelor's in 2014. Um, awesome. And I actually started um, started out in a PACU. Um, oh, I, cool. Um, yeah, I was, um, you know, just really busy in college, running on scholarship, going to nursing school. And I remember mm-hmm. like after gra- I graduated, got my NPLUS, I said, I'm going to take this summer to chill, work for DM, uh, kind of save up. I was still living at home at the time with my parents. And then um, that fall, I was like, okay, we're going to get into it and um, started working um, on a telemed surge unit, um, worked there for a couple of years, got some great experience. And then um, I've been in the PICU since 2016. 
awesome six years of experience I'm like where does the time go I know (laughs) what the heck I blinked (laughs) oh god when I think about when I and I actually say to people yeah I was a NICU nurse for 12 years and I'm like oh my god I was a nurse for 12 years for over a decade yeah it's like the days are long and the years you blink and they go by they go by so fast So I look at, you know, my, some of my coworkers who have been working for 25, 30 years. I'm like, Oh my God. Like, how do you do it? How do you do it? Cause there's so many times, you know, I go in and out of like, Oh my God, I don't know if I can forever, you know, those days you have, um, all that I know, like, I'm like, Whoa, six years. It's crazy. You know, it's by no means, you know, that long in the, you know, grand scheme of life. Right. Exactly. But (laughs) But it's still a really long time. Yeah. And you've done night shift basically the whole time too, right? Uh, I was on, I started on days um, when I was over um, in telemetry. And Mm -hmm. when I switched over to the PICU, I was hired on nights. So I've been on nights for um, a little over three years now. Oh, awesome. I love that you have night shift nurse zombie (laughs) in your profile. (laughs) Oh my God. I feel that personally. And I think a lot of us can. You were on nights, right? For most of the your whole career, time. Too. Yeah. Whole time. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. It's such a love hate relationship. I know. <laughs> Cause and now being being that like I've been away from the bedside for so long, I haven't been on night shift and I'm like, how did I function? Right. <laughs> I don't right. it seems so foreign to me now. But so when did you kind of get interested in transport nursing? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So it was one of those things that I always thought was just the ultimate. Like I remember, um, it's really cool. Yeah. It, it, it's a cool job. I always tell people, cause they're like, you're so cool. You do transporters. And I'm like, no, 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 nothing about me is cool. I just happen to have a cool job. <laughs> oh, and your coolness, Lexi. <laughs> <laughs> Own um, it. You're awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Gassing me up over here. It's what <laughs> but, I do. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember, um, I remember I was in nursing school, so I was working per diem as a nurse assistant over at the county hospital, uh, where Mm -hmm. I live. And I remember seeing, um, every now and then the helicopter would land on the helipad and bring patients that happened to be in the ED. And I Mm -hmm. just thought, oh my God, that is the ultimate. And then fast forward a few years, I'm working in adults. And, um, same thing. You can see the children's hospital helipad from, um, the adult side. And I, um, you know, I'd just be passing meds and, um, you know, making sure the patients are taking their medicine and looking out the window and I see, um, you know, the helicopter landing or going out. I'm like, wow, that is, that is insane. But I never for a second saw myself in that role at that time. Like, yeah, I never thought that was like in the realm of possibility for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then fast forward a few years, got hired in the PICU, which is, you know, and it, a long story in and of itself of something that I never saw myself doing. No, <laughs> but, you never saw um, yourself in the PICU? No, I never saw myself when I was in school. I never saw myself mm-hmm. in PEDS. Um, we did one rotation um, through um, the PEDS ICU, um, or not a rotation, but we, um, our professor took us through, clinical professor. Um, mm-hmm. We did a walkthrough. And just some of the stuff I saw that day, um, obviously, you know, um, I can't get into detail, but I thought, okay, yeah. well, this is the last place you'll ever find me working. Like, I don't think <laughs> really? I could ever 
yeah, emotionally handle this. Um, yeah. I don't know how, like, back in the day, I don't know how people, you know, can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up doing actually, um, my, uh, what is it called? Your preceptorship, um, mm-hmm. practicum. That's the word for it. Yeah. Or practicum, yeah. um, last semester of nursing school in an adult medical ICU. Cause I always saw myself working in some form of intensive care. Um, yeah. I just remember I was so, I would go home so sad. Like after each shift, I'm like, wow. Like oh, yeah. just because there's so, um, so many comorbidities, so many core mm-hmm. prognoses pregnancy yeah right yeah yeah pregnancies. Um, and no one you know I think the whole time I was there like no one made it I don't know mm-hmm. if they were you know just going through a really bad tough season um yeah so then I was like you know okay I don't I'm gonna you know that uh med surge opportunity came up and I took it because I'm like I don't know what I want to do now like, like yeah you know I don't want to go home miserable from each shift mm-hmm. um so Worked in telemed search for a couple of years. Um, got great experience, nailed down my time management skills. And, yeah, um, very important. Oh my gosh. Like, you know, people ask me all the time, like, which one's harder, um, you know, PCICU or med surge? And to me, I'm like, you can't, it's like comparing apples and oranges. You can't. Oh, yeah. It's, they're both so difficult. And any aspect of nursing is yeah. so difficult in its own way. It's yeah. like comparing apples and oranges. And to me, med surge, that is a specialty in and of itself. Um, I don't think Agreed. those nurses get near enough credit. Um, no. Or yeah, the nurses' I, aides that work yeah, on yes, a med yes. surge floor. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, long story short, while I was working there, um, for some reason, peace was always in the back of my mind. And there was like this tugging yeah. that I felt towards the children's side. Yeah. Um, so after a couple of years, after I felt, um, you know, competent and confident, I went ahead mm-hmm. and I applied, I actually applied to ER and PCICU. Um, oh, okay, cool. I, yeah. Yeah. I got both positions, but, um, the picky kind of scared me a little more. So I took that position. Um, Isn't that the way to go? Yeah, like, you, it's yeah. like you have to, I'm kind of struggling with that too right now. I'm it, well, we can get into that later. But um, when like you're thinking about like a career that you want to do, like I feel like you have to do what scares you because that's where you're gonna you're gonna like learn. You're gonna be challenged. Right. You're gonna grow the most. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love that. That's your answer. Okay, go on. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I um, started working there and mm-hmm. loved it. My coworkers, like the job itself, I felt so um, so fulfilled. Um, not that I didn't feel filled in uh where I was before but in um mm-hmm. you know it was just it was time for something new um yeah so yeah just very exciting starting out and um same thing at the time like we have our because tra- we have a transport team like our our pediatric transport team and that's um what I've hired on now um yeah and I just thought you know same thing that is the ultimate but still at the time I was just like no I just want to be the best big universe I can be and mm-hmm. um Still didn't see myself in that role but then yeah forward, like a couple of years in I'm like wow you know I think this can happen I'm gonna start working towards this like, yeah why not why not like you know just because I think it's the ultimate don't be afraid to go for the ultimate you know yeah that's so yeah. awesome so gotta keep challenging yeah. yourself so now do you still um so I know in our NICU because we had our own transport teams as well mm-hmm. um they didn't work 
at the bedside anymore. They were strictly just there for their transport mm-hmm. shifts. Mm-hmm. So is that kind of like what it is in the PICU too? I mean, that there is like a resource to come like help mm-hmm. out and everything, but right. um, they wouldn't take an assignment unless it could be like super easily absorbed. Right, right. Because they have to be ready to get out the door. Right. Um, was your team in-house? Mm-hmm. Do you know? Okay, yeah. Ours, yeah. ours is not in-house. We're on call. Um, oh, we're on okay. Call, yeah, for 24 hours at a time. So what mm-hmm. they do is we work 50-50 on the unit. Um, that's oh, just okay. Kind of, yeah, keep up our skills. So I'll be scheduled on the unit for, um, you know, a couple nights, one week, and then mm-hmm. uh, with a shift on transport, or I'll be scheduled all on transport one week, and then, you know, a shift on the unit the next week. And they just try to divvy it up 50-50 to keep yeah. the benefits up just because they're, you know, it's not often, but there are shifts um, where you won't get called out in 24 hours. There's no call. Yeah. So like, you do that to protect, you know, your benefits and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's how it works right now. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, um, there, there's always been, you know, kind of talk about us switching to in-house, but, you know, mm-hmm. not for the foreseeable future. So. Gotcha. So yeah. then do you do transports just that are definitely coming into the PICU or do you do like ER transports too, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. I, don't, I guess I don't know how that all works. Right. So it's mostly pick you. Okay. Um, occasionally, you know, if we get a really bad trauma, we will go straight to the ER first mm-hmm. um, because that's where, um, you know, downstairs is where all our like CT, MRI, um, yeah. all those are, or, you know, um, uh, you know, to, Basically, it just depends on the severity of the case um, yeah. and what's going on. But most mm-hmm. of the time, by and large, we're admitting straight into the PICU. Um, and then occasionally there will be times where um, if the acuity of the patient is not very high, we'll go into step down or I have admitted to the cardiac ICU before as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And then we have a full separate team for our NICU as well. Yeah. So there's the NICU team and then our PICU team. Oh, neat. I love that. (laughs) Transport was always something that like I kind of thought about, but then for some reason, like the tiniest little thing, like I've always been good at IVs, but like I would be the sole person there. Well, I mean, there'd be like a nurse practitioner or like a a fellow or something along Mm -hmm, too, but mm -hmm. I was like, what if it's all on me to get this one IV and I can't get it? Right. And that tiny little thing. (laughs) Yeah. You have to tell, you know, I'm always like, all the parents like hey we yeah. need to drill into baby's bone um yeah you know to give these life-saving medications um mm-hmm. you know it's you know, it's tough but yeah you gotta do what you gotta do see that that baby yeah. <laughs> okay loves time out for a quick check-in it might seem insignificant right now but it's just the opposite you guys are on the front lines working harder than you ever have in your life, probably more stressed than you ever have been. The last thing you want to do is think about your bra strap falling down underneath your isolation gown or your bra band pinching or underwire poking your ribs. Take a deep breath once you get home and you've taken your scrubs off at the door and dumped them immediately in the washer. Jump in the shower. Your body is marked from an uncomfortable bra on top of indents on your face from a mask you've been wearing for two weeks. Guys, your third love bra will treat you better. They find you the right kind of support. No pinching or slipping, 
no tags digging in because they're printed right on the band, something that is comfortable to wear for 12 plus hours and actually fits your brush shape. Every bra is backed by their perfect fit promise, and that's easy to do with over 80 sizes. I took their Fit Finder quiz, and they told me I should order a 34C. It arrived quickly. When I tried it on, I was surprised to find that the cup felt just a smidge small. I went to the site to exchange it, and they told me to go up a half size. I'd never heard of half sizes. Now, I could have worn the same bra that they gave me. It was fine, but, you know, it just wasn't perfect. And they claim that they can find you the perfect fit. And they did. The exchange process was so easy. It was really quick. And as soon as I put on that 34 C and a half, I was like, holy crap, most perfect fitting bra ever, period. You guys deserve the same fit. If by chance they don't find a perfect fit, you have 60 days to wash and wear it. Return it, they will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. They support local charities in San Francisco and across the U.S. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they're offering my beautiful listeners 15% off their first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash WOMED now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com dot com slash WOMED for 15% off today. So tell me a little bit, cause I know, um, I mean, the training is probably different, a little different everywhere, but, um, what, what's the training like to, to be a transport nurse? Right. So it is very different everywhere. And, um, you know, obviously we're not, um, like a first responder team. We're in mm-hmm. a hospital, so we're just transporting patients from um, uh, lower acuity centers or centers that don't really deal with peds, but they happen to be mm-hmm. you know, the closest hospital that the parents brought um, baby to. Right. And um, so we transport them to us to give them that higher higher level of acuity care. Uh, yeah. So so for us, you know, training may look a little different than um, someone who's like doing a first responder type of situation and actually landing mm-hmm. at scenes. Um, yeah. So for us, um, as far as requirements go, we have to have at least three years in the ICU. We have to have our CNC. So um, like as far as our step goes, um, uh, experience step, um, you start, yeah. start out at clinical nurse B. And then after a couple of years um, with a certain amount of point system, um, you you uh, can apply to be a CNC. Um, so that's required okay. as well. Um and of course, like your ACLs, BLS, um, all those yeah. things. And then um, as far as our training went, uh, basically um, I was hired on and I just went out on every call um, with our transport team. So, um, mm-hmm. but I would be, you know, the one um, documenting, the one implementing care and the, some, someone is there overseeing and guiding, just like yeah. your orientation would be on the floor. Essentially, you have your preceptors yeah. and uh during that uh, training season, you're going out on every single call. So normally we have uh, two nurses on call um, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, like one will be first up, they'll go out, okay, next person's first up after that. Well, during mm-hmm. training, you're going on all of those. So, um, you know, it's, it's a pretty intense process, but, um, yeah. but you, it, that is in order to get, you know, the most experience possible before you're on your own. 
Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what that looked like for me. Um, It's very different everywhere, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, What was it like the first time you were in an ambulance? Yeah. So the very first time on orientation was very exciting. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, this, yeah, this is the dream right now. (laughs) Um, Very exciting. Um, And yeah, I mean, it just kind of like, wow, I can't believe I'm doing this right now. Like it's so, it's so fun to just, you know, be in and out of the hospital, be on the go, um, Mm -hmm. you know, not just kind of like in one place for 12 hours. Yeah. So are you, um, do you guys go on like flight transports too, or is it strictly ambulance? Okay. So you have to do flight training. Mm -hmm. What was that like? I've, I've heard some people have to do like crash simulations and pools and oh wow wow ours um is not that intensive at least that I know of yet um okay. but I remember I was hired on the night before our um like like competency day um which was okay. insane like they're like okay we're gonna call you tonight and and let you know and then you know if you're hired on we do have our uh flight competency day tomorrow so just make sure like you have that available just in case so mm-hmm. around 5 p.m I got the call got the job I freaked out like, like <laughs> I can't believe this is real right now yeah um, just kind of in like denial like whoa this happened mm-hmm. um and then yeah got up the next morning and uh went over to the airport and um I'm just looking out at these like out these big windows at you know our fixed wing helicopter and I'm just like yeah. oh my god like so we walked all walked out on the tarmac mm-hmm. and um uh, went and took the look at our fixed wing, went over, you know, a few things with, um, you know, bringing the ISO at the gurney, um, yeah. you know, safety buckling up. And then um, as far as the helicopter goes, went over there, same thing, like uh, playing with our um, uh, helmets, uh, mm-hmm. seatbelts, all that good stuff, um, communication. And uh, they took us on a little uh, test drive, which was amazing. Me and my friend were just like staring at each other, like, this is really happening right now. Like we did it. Oh, that's so neat. Yeah. Cause you know, a lot goes into it, you know, working towards Mm -hmm. that. And, and it's such a, it's such a big goal that you're just like, wow, I can't believe, can't believe I did it. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. I still, um, you know, when we lift off sometimes, like I'll catch my reflection, like, um, with my helmet on and everything, like in the window, I'm just like, I, I don't know her. Like, it's like an out of body experience. Like, yeah. Whoa. Kind of like, yeah. almost like that imposter syndrome where I'm like, mm-hmm. oh man, it's the yeah. dream for sure. Oh, that's so cool. Is there more like female transport nurses, would you say, or is it more male dominated? Wow. Um, so actually where I am at, um, we have more more females than our uh, male counterparts. Dope. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um, our director is a woman as well. Um, very cool. I think that just speaks to like, you know, in nursing, especially like maybe peace nursing too, like it's definitely a female dominated profession. Um, so you yeah. see that a little more. But we do have, you know, a lot of guys on board. Amazing, phenomenal, phenomenal male nurses. So that's awesome. Yeah. I love that anytime like I ask like a, a a question like that, um, everyone's always very quick to be like, Yeah, but like our male nurses are pretty dope, which is yeah, great because like, I love <laughs> I love all of our nurses. Yeah. Our male nurses. They're true they're incredible. They don't they get 
they get the short end of the stick a few times too because yeah. there's that whole like sexist like mm-hmm. you're a dude and you're a nurse mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. so stupid to me because but I, people have no idea how tough the job is yeah you know? like <laughs> shout out to all our male nurses yeah no people have no I I mean well I think that I think that we're kind of bringing more awareness to it but um, yeah you know people have no idea the the physical emotional and spiritual um strain that it takes on people right um so there's like oh yeah yeah all these women do it like oh it must not be that hard type of thing yeah when actually when, it's like the toughest it's occupation cool. you could it's probably cool. have yeah it really is it, it it hits every single thing like it i mean even in the NICU it's like well yeah like how physically taxing is that and it's like um okay well a kid that's like fluid overloaded and mm-hmm. is extremely edematous is mm-hmm. it's I mean it's not mm-hmm. gonna break your back but like it's still heavy oh yeah and there's still things that you have on. to maneuver yeah. around and check yep. chest tubes Esmo. and you're up and down and you're all around you're running oh, yeah. this you run into that we constantly yeah. have ECMO going in our NICU ECMO CRRT oh, yeah. yeah yeah you can't even you can't even see the little baby in the bed you see like all these machines it's just wired. all tubes like, yeah yeah yep. I remember there was this like uncle that was coming in to see his uh, nephew on um, on ECMO, and he's like, he's looking at the tubes, and I see him start like wobbling. And he goes, "Is that is that all her? Is that all the blood?" And I was like, "Are you going to fall down right now? There's a chair. Go sit down." <laughs> I was like, I can't take care of you. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Get we'll get we'll get the adult transport up here for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, what would you say is your favorite um, thing about being a transport nurse? Oh man, I it's a tough one. There's so many good things, you know. Um, you can I like list a couple. Autonomy. Yeah, I like the autonomy. I mm-hmm. like I said before, I love being on the go. I love just being yeah. out there. I love um, you know coming in helping stabilize and then, mm-hmm. um, you know, keeping them stable and then dropping yeah. them off, you know, helping them get tucked up and then boom, you know, you go on your way, you wait for the next call. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really, I really like, um, you know, I'm someone who doesn't really like to sit still. Um, so yeah. sometimes, um, at this point, those 12 hour shifts can be a little rough, you know, staying mm-hmm. one place in the unit and not that, yeah. you know, obviously we're not sitting around like on the unit where no. there's some nights where I don't sit down at all. Um, yeah. but it's just a different, it's just a different vibe. Yeah. So That's awesome. I like, I like being on the move. I like the autonomy. Mm-hmm. They're just a couple of my favorite things. And then obviously, you know, flying out in a helicopter, like what beats that? I mean, do you feel like a superhero? <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't I think you're a superhero. So, I, oh my God. <laughs> Gassing me up. <laughs> um, no, because I'm so new and I know, I know how much I don't know, you know? Um, yeah. So, so no, I, de- I definitely don't. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it's very exciting to, to be flying around Southern California, you know, uh, helping yeah, out. Yeah, I bet. So. What advice would you have for um, anyone wanting to be, or to, wanting to pursue transport nursing? First of all, like you have to believe in yourself. 
Um, yeah. I think that's something, you know, where I touched on before where I'm like, I just never saw myself in that role because I, mm-hmm. I, it was, it was the ultimate to me. And I thought, oh, you know, like that's something, you know, I probably could never do. Um, and then yeah. little by little, I was like gaining confidence as I went through my nursing career. And I thought, you know what, why can't I go for the ultimate? Like, yeah, you, we only have so much time here. Why would you hold yourself back? Um, because yeah. of like, um, you know, a lack of confidence in yourself. Um, mm-hmm. so, so having confidence in yourself, um, and asking questions, um, at work, um, I have yeah. phenomenal, phenomenal charge nurses, um, that I get to work with and are amazing resources. And, um, I was constantly asking them questions, um, mm-hmm. and studying on my off time too. Um, you yeah. know, different, like I'd have a patient and have to like look up their, um, you know, disease process and everything, um, mm-hmm. taking all the classes that were offered, um, you know, um, uh, different things like PFCCS, we have like a great critical care symposium as well. So taking mm-hmm. advantage of those opportunities as well. Um, yeah. and, um, you know, not being afraid to say yes for, you know, things, um, things that you don't feel like quite ready for in the unit, like management is asking you, there's a difference between, um, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, within reason, within reason, um, when they're asking you like, oh, you know, um, a circulating condition yeah. opened up, would you like to take that like as a resource for the unit? And, you know, your initial instinct might be like, oh gosh, like, I don't know, am I ready mm-hmm. for this? Like you never, you're never going to feel ready, but within reason, yeah. like if you see yourself like, okay, you know, I can do mm-hmm. ABC, like, okay, I'm going to learn this too. So not, not being afraid to learn new things basically. Yeah. So that's kind of uh, how I went about it. Yeah. You know, everyone's different. Yeah. That's true though. And I, I love that you touched on that because it's like so many people will DM me and be like, how are you ever ready? When did you stop being nervous? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like, when did you actually feel like a nurse, you know, oh, type thing? <laughs> yes. And, and it's like, it just, it just takes time. And it's like giving yourself like the grace and like the space to, Mm -hmm. um, know that you're learning. You're not expected to know everything right off the bat, Mm -hmm. but like also to take any opportunity you can to learn, to go and like watch different things that are happening. Right. You know, so it's like, you know, you have to to seek it out. Sometimes you can't always Mm -hmm. wait, can't always wait for management or or whoever to come to you. There are some things that, you know, take learning into your own hands. Yeah. But nobody is going to be perfect right off the bat. Oh my gosh. No, no. (laughs) And if they think they are, you better watch them and double check all of their (laughs) stuff. Yes. Yes. Those are the ones you got to watch out for. The ones not asking questions. Yes. It's a little scary, but um, yes, definitely. I remember starting out just feeling like so overwhelmed. So like, Mm -hmm you know, and then you see these nurses who have been there for a while and you're like, oh my gosh, like, how I just want to be like that? them. They know everything. Them. Yeah. Yes. And you're like, how? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, before you know it, you're on your way, but yeah, it, it takes a lot of work and it takes, yes, giving yourself grace along mm-hmm. the way and being, yeah. it all takes time and experience. Yeah. Yeah. Just being patient with yourself. <laughs> yes. Always be patient with yourself. Love yourself. Give yourself that space. Mm-hmm. One thing, like, I know that we've talked about um, 
of a little bit and stuff together is that um and I wonder if it's almost possible to talk about something too much but I feel like like the topic of like burnout and compassion mm-hmm. fatigue and and like the trauma and stuff that we see every day it's just it's too important to like not discuss mm-hmm. openly and like consistently mm-hmm. um I know like my own personal journey that I've been through since I left the bedside, I've really been missing the bedside. I've been missing patient care, but like in missing like the high intensity environment, you know, like where like we're crashing right. a kid onto ECMO or we're doing a balloon septostomy or, you know, we're, we're just like on it and like right. going. It's such a big part of who you are. Yeah. But as soon as I think about zipping up that body bag and leaving like the child in the morgue I like get nauseous and I'm like nope not ready to go back Mm -hmm. yet Mm -hmm. can't Mm -hmm. do it and I know you've you've struggled with um like compassion fatigue and stuff too and I just I can't imagine what that's like in the PICU setting yeah you know we've been we've been having a really rough month here um yeah and Yeah. I love what they say. Um, you know, if you're going through this, it's, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. Like this is is a normal response to what you're experiencing at work. This Mm -hmm. is a normal response to an abnormal work environment. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, we see these terrible things. We clock in and out of other people's tragedies um, several times it's a, a really week. good way to put it. Yeah. For 12 hours at a time, 12, 18 hours at a mm-hmm. time, um, uh, units short, you know, on fire. And so, um, you know, pulling these overtime shifts on top of it with all these very, very terrible situations going on in the unit, um, you mm-hmm. know, suicides, non-accidental traumas on top of Ugh, other medical yeah. conditions, um, like cancer, um, mm-hmm. watching these, patients slowly deteriorate over time Mm -hmm. um and like how can you not be affected by that emotionally or mentally it's not you know that would have me questioning like whether like like are am I normal or not if I'm not affected Mm -hmm. by this um yeah so uh as far as like burnout and compassion fatigue go um I myself am still a little confused as to the difference between the two, but I've heard it Mm -hmm. put that burnout is more um, a response to uh, work itself. Um, Mm -hmm. And so you can experience that in any work environment, whether you're, um, you know, in real estate, whether you're an accountant, um, Mm -hmm. compassion lawyer. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Compassion fatigue specifically is more um, something that you experience as a result of caring for another person. Mm-hmm. Um, um, or that like nurse patient, doctor patient, uh, whatever it be, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. um, it's a result of caring basically. Yeah. Um, and it's been, uh, it's been really tough for me over time trying to find the balance between, um, you know, making sure I'm not turning off, um, that part of me and making sure I'm not, you know, allowing myself to become hard and allowing myself, okay, turn it off, turn mm-hmm. it off, turn it off. Because, you know, at work, sometimes we have to, you can't be trying yeah. to code. You have to focus on saving this child's life. Right. Um, you have to turn it off until you can go and sit in your car. Right. Until, the sh- until you clock right. off. And then it's scary then too, because there are those times where like, you know, you care, like you never stop 
caring, but they're, you just mm-hmm. feel so numb. Um, the other yeah. week I had, you know, this terrible code happen and I got in my car, I felt so numb and I'm like, I want to cry right now. Like I want to cry, but I can't even cry. I feel so like numb and exhausted. Like I have nothing left in me. So on the way so home, many I, like, of those put on, days. Like, this, yeah. Sad music. Like I'm trying, like I try to make myself cry because I'm, I've been at that point before, um, mm-hmm. where I had been, you know, so numb as a defense mechanism, mechanism, letting myself mm-hmm. become hardened so I can do this job that I'm like, I saw that starting to happen to me. And I'm like, this isn't me though. Like, and this yeah. is who I want to be. So mm-hmm. now I'm trying to be really aware of it and uh, cognizant of it. And mm-hmm. so just, I guess, doing ridiculous things like, okay, I'm going to make myself cry right now. Like, well, yeah. Cause you just need to be able to give yourself that like emotional mm-hmm. release. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so, it's been sitting with me, I guess, kind of heavy, like the last like month that I've been like either like contemplating with going back to work in some aspect, but like, Mm -hmm. does that really look like the NICU again? And then I'm almost, I find myself almost like negative self-talking, like, well, why can't you handle this? You used to be able to handle this. Like, but then I'm like, what normal person can handle taking care of like someone dying like a couple times a week? Yeah. No normal person can handle that. There's this like expectation on nurses to be like, superhuman mm-hmm. yeah yep we um sometimes are yeah uh, my church nurse put it perfectly we had this um crazy code happen and she said something to this I don't remember exactly um you know nurses we are expected to be um these superhumans in these um terrible situations but we're we're only human we are only human yeah. but you know mm-hmm. so much is expected of us and you know I mean, yeah, we choose our job and, and we know it's going to be tough, but mm-hmm. um, sometimes we have we have these unrealistic expectations of ourselves, I think. Yeah. I just really, I wish there was a way, because it, it's, it's hard, because it's not like one of those things you can teach in school. It's not like something mm-hmm. you can teach in clinical, like you can't. Right. You can't because you're so fresh at that point. You're so excited and you're, mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're not at the bedside. Um, usually, I mean, you know, I don't know, like, so, oh my gosh, did that? <laughs> that was Ray. She just, she just jumped across the screen. Oh my gosh. I love her. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <Squirrel>. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Where was I going with that? Yeah. I mean, you're so fresh. You're so excited at that point. Mm-hmm. This is something that happens over time. Yeah. Um, so you can't, it's not something you can really teach. And like, yes, I remember my professors um, in clinical and in class telling us how hard nursing was, but you can't, you don't know until you get out there and experience yeah. it for yourself. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know. I wish there was some way that you could really prepare people for it um, truly, mm-hmm. but it, you know, I don't, I don't see how, um, but I do yeah. know it's something that you're always going to struggle with on and off throughout mm-hmm. your career. And yeah. um, it's okay not to be okay. It's just making yeah. sure you're recognizing and you're in tune with yourself. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. You know, yeah, checking yourself emotionally uh, and yeah. mentally um, all throughout. Um, so you can catch it early and you can do things to combat it early on mm-hmm. before it gets 
out of hand. Yeah. Yeah. Big proponent of therapy, but mm-hmm. most hospitals don't have like on-call therapists just for their right. unit, right? <laughs> which and would it, be an amazing idea. Yes, but... it would. I've been, I've been thinking about it a lot lately, um, just mm-hmm. with the month we're having. Um, yeah. I, I haven't done uh, therapy yet um, mm-hmm. or like work-related um, yeah. but I've been thinking about it a lot lately, but then it's so tough. You're so tired. You're like, I don't even want to think about like making an appointment yeah. and going back down there, like on my day off. And it's like, okay, I know I need to, but yeah. you know, it's not, it's not the most easily accessible. And it's hard to want to dredge up all those painful feelings that yeah. you're, that are already like weighing you down so far. But in reality, like, you know, you have to like process them. Yeah. But yes. having the strength to process feelings is a feat in itself. <laughs> yes. I was um I was even nervous a little bit about coming on the podcast and talking about this just because it's yeah. it's so hard to put myself out there, like to begin with. Yeah. In any capacity. Like even sometimes with my friends, I'm like wanting to like kind of close off a little bit and um yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to not be nervous. Like he's the sweetest person. Nothing to be nervous. Oh yeah, no, this is just, this is just a conversation, yeah. but no I I, I struggle with that too. I mean, like any new people that I interview, I'm like, oh my God, are they going to like me? Am I going to oh stumble over God. my words? Am I doing this right? <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't like you? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's people. <laughs> but yeah. no, I'm really, thank you so much for, for opening up about a lot of that too. I know that's, I know it's not easy. I know it's not an easy conversation mm-hmm. to to have but it's so important and I feel like this is the I mean like I'm not a therapist I'm not you know at the bedside you know trying to like help other nurses right now but I feel like this is the one outlet I have to at least bring attention to it and at least anyone else that's feeling burnt out or um, struggling with like emotional trauma of, of being a nurse mm-hmm at least they, they feel heard, Yeah, you know, that they know that like, they're not crazy for not being able to shoulder this like emotional burden that's placed on nurses. Right. Right. Letting them know they're not alone in it. Like you're normal. I yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. No, it's normal. You are very normal. You are heard and you are loved. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you for being a nurse or a doctor or whatever field that you are in. <laughs> thank you. It's, it, yeah, yeah, it's no small thing what you're doing. And it's no mm-hmm. small thing, you know, that obviously healthcare professionals are doing. I get a lot of questions about knowing the difference between, um, you know, when it's time to leave a position um, and either just mm-hmm. leave bedside in general or to go work somewhere else and when to like mm-hmm. stick it out and, um, you yeah. know, kind of get through that rough patch. Um, oh yeah. I, um, I was wondering if you had, um, you know, anything like to, um, to say about that or, uh, cause Ooh. I have, I have, you know, it's such a tough question and mm. I have like have kind of an answer, but I don't have experience with, you know, leaving, leaving the bedside itself. So like I can, yeah, can touch on that, but I was just curious if you had anything to say. Well, I feel like it it just depends so much on the area that you're working with and what those hospital politics are mm-hmm. like. So for me, it was a lot of 
I was already getting stressed out with um, not feeling like I had that any of us really had much support mm-hmm. on our unit. I mean, we we had like we'd have like sixty to seventy people quit, like almost like every year, every year and a half. Mm-hmm. Like our turnover rate was so high, um, and that's <clears throat> from like people, you know, going and pursuing like furthering their degree or like having to move, but like still in that environment where you're constantly having new people come Mm -hmm. in and like you're constantly having to train new people and wondering like what their skill set is, you know, in in like a a hundred bed unit. Um, It was just really hard. There just wasn't, there just wasn't that support and stuff from um, like our, our directors and like our higher ups and like our unit managers knew that they, like, I know that they were like trying to like fight for us and stuff, but and I saw like that changing a little bit. So I think that's why I hung around as long as I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the hospital politics themselves were just like, we weren't, we weren't getting any help. Like we weren't being heard, you know, mm-hmm. like work at a great hospital where we'll take, we take amazing care of you, but no one's taking care of the staff. Right. And it just felt like I'd been carrying that for so many years. And then being like on charge and knowing we had these patients that were passing away. Well, it wasn't two. It was just one that one night. And I was like, it just like all hit me. I was like, I, it's just too much at this point. Like, I don't think I have anything else left to give. I don't have anything else left to provide in the way of like comfort. I don't, I can't like, I never thought I'd get to the point where I couldn't remember all of the kids that I had taken care of that had passed away. Right, I remember you saying And it was like, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, there's been too many. Yeah. And I was like, so I guess in a long winded answer to your question, I mean, if you're able to take part in like some committees that you think um, will help better your unit to help, uh, or if you feel like you're like, aren't too exhausted to try and help get your unit through that hard patch, like try and stay through it. Um, but like also look at like area hospitals, you know, and, and maybe try and shadow and see if like the environment overall just feels better somewhere else. And then you have to listen to, you know, your body, your heart, mm-hmm. um, your mind and like what you can personally take on right. anymore you know and for me I just reached a point I was like there's other things that I want to try and I'm so miserable here right now mm-hmm. not miserable with the patients right. but just like just miserable right. it's like I have to change something we, for myself yeah, we never get tired of nursing we get tired in nursing yeah 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 um I just want to say like I remember that episode where you were, you announced that you were leaving the bedside. And I just thought like, mm-hmm. wow, that is, that is strength because, you know, initially oh, like you. thinking like oh, I'm leaving, like you, you, you think like, Oh, Oh, quitting. And it's like, no, you're, mm-hmm. you're actually very strong for doing that, for recognizing that um, yeah. in yourself and, and, you know, no one's to say, like, you know, you could come back, like you said, like, anytime oh, like yeah. nursing will always be there. But taking always. time to to go and heal. And I was reading an article, it was saying that is the single most um, effective thing in um, mm-hmm. combating compassion fatigue is 
Um, yeah. You know, not that everyone has to be at the bedside, but um, mm-hmm. just um, taking time off, taking time away and, and setting boundaries, you know, when yeah. you're getting texts every day mm-hmm. to come in over time, you know, it's, it's okay to say no. You know, they yeah. it will work out without you if, you know, if mm-hmm. you need that time away. So, um, yeah. yeah, just setting up those boundaries and taking care of yourself. Um, I think that's very strong of you. Well, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, no, that's interesting that you say that because that's kind of where I am, um, or where I, my opinion lies with that is yeah. it's not, you can, you can get through any tough place, um, mm-hmm. a tough unit, but if yeah. you don't have the support, if you don't have that team, um, yeah. you know, like you're, you're going to burn out so much faster. Um, yeah. So for me, I am so fortunate to be on a unit where, I mean, we have, we have the ultimate like team and teamwork and our, our charge nurses, managers, like they, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like it's not every day um, where you get to work somewhere where they are so like, they actually, you know, care about you. They're actually like, mm-hmm. um, you know, we had one come in on New Year's Eve and like pick up and and work like half a shift because we were so short like that's the amazing that's amazing like you do not hear yeah that happening um Mm -mm. so so that is how we've had to call some in before and they were not happy about it and they're like okay show me why I had to be Mm -hmm. called in and I'm like okay now you're now 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 I feel bad am I yeah am I being punished now for wanting to appropriately staff my unit right right (laughs) right we're we're so, all about safely and yeah, we're all about yeah. patient safety until mm-hmm. um, until managers have to yeah. come in but <laughs> but that one left <laughs> but yeah, yeah. um uh, that that's not the case yeah. yeah where I'm at and I think that's that's how you know I'm able to keep going mm-hmm. amongst other things you know that I do yeah. but um I think I don't think I would have made it you know this far even mm-hmm. um yeah. If I didn't have that team support. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah that's a big Shout out to Lexi's team. Yes. Yeah. Guys, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there are some units where that's, that's not the case and you see it in the turnover rate. Yeah. Well, let's end this on a high note. I'm starting a new segment called everything is pulsable. Pulsable. <laughs> I like it. Pulsable. <laughs> I laugh at my own puns. <laughs> it's great. Um, but if you could do anything, uh, even like within the field of nursing um, or not, what would you do if like absolutely anything was pulsable for you? Oh my gosh. Okay. Dang, I, okay so I'm going to struggle with this a little bit because like I'm at that mm-hmm. like peak right now where I'm like, like I just achieved this major goal of becoming a transporter because yes. that's it that's like yeah. literally like that is the ultimate to me and so now I'm yeah. like dang beyond that like I was like yeah like, like what's next like I'm you know I'm kind of there and so I was talking to my mm-hmm. about that one day I was like dang well now what like that's like that's my career goal so mm-hmm. where do I go from here I haven't figured it out yet and so that's it's the first time in my life where I'm like not working towards anything specific aside from you know becoming the best transport nurse I can be but um, right I think kind of like what you're doing in that you're I want to be an encourager encourager for other nurses 
Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I love that. You know, because um, it's like we talked about, it's such a tough job. And mm-hmm. I want I want to kind of help keep like that fire alive for, for everyone and yeah. encourage them in that. Uh, that would mm-hmm. be, I think that would be the ultimate, some sort of motivational I don't know, not not motivational speaker. I'm not much of a speaker, as I'm sure you guys heard through the podcast. <laughs> no, not you have done great. Later. <laughs> you have but. done great. <laughs> well, I think you're I think you're well on your way with that though too. And I think you use your social media platform very well for that too. Thank you. Um I'm just proud to know you. Uh-huh. <laughs> ditto. Oh my gosh, ditto. Yeah, I it's surreal being on here. I'm like, whoa, (laughs) I remember, um, (laughs) I remember seeing you on The Bachelor a few years ago, and it's so weird to me, because that is, that's the only (laughs) season I've ever watched, like, before or since, and I literally, because of you, like, I was like, wait, there's a Nikki nurse, oh my gosh, wait, she's, she's so cool, like, what, like, oh my gosh, Lexi, I'm so glad you were on there for so long, otherwise, like, and then now (laughs) we're, like, sitting here, having, now you're gassing me up, wait, wait, life is crazy. It is. It's very crazy. It'll, it'll bring so many people into your life and I'll take them out. And, and it's, it's wild. It's very grateful. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Lexi, thank you so much for coming on. I've had so much fun talking to you. Um, I know people are going to just love just getting to hear about like transport nursing, but I also think that just, I think you've done a really good job of making people not feel so alone in the other realm of, you know, burnout. And I'm, I hope things get a little more positive on your unit and you send a few more people home and, and don't, and, uh, kind of overcome this, this January yeah. hump. Yeah. But, it always gets better. We always get through it. Mm-hmm. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. yeah. You just gotta, you gotta band together. You gotta lean on each other. Yes. That's so, so important. And that's a really good takeaway from this episode. Yeah. It- Lean on your team. All right. All right, girl. Thank well, you so much for having me. Oh, my gosh. Oh, agree. thank you. Well, real quick before you go, tell people where they can find you. Oh, uh, yeah. So um, basically, I'm only on Instagram right now. Um, my handle is mm-hmm. Lexi Janae. It's L-E-X-I-E and then J-A-N-A-E underscore R-N. Them. Awesome. Want to follow along with my transport journey, baby transport nurse. And also, <laughs> thank you. Huge thank you to Lexi for joining me on the WOMED today. A lot of you have been asking for her, and I'm so happy that it worked out to finally get her on the pod. I also want to acknowledge all the companies and workers who have switched over to making more ventilators and protective equipment for you guys. Thank you for acknowledging this need and continuing to help and support us. Guys, keep using your voices on social media. Also, shout out Nurse Sonia, you freaking badass, getting this covered in the New York Times. Please try and make some time for yourselves to unwind and breathe when you aren't at work. Light a candle, take a hot as fuck shower and cry. Meditate, journal, DM me if you need to vent. Work out on your porch, eat that whole freaking box of mac and cheese. This is a judgment-free zone. Please continue to send me your NDE moments, and I'll continue to share them. Big love to you guys. We will get through this. 
Womed out.